everybody. Welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast episode 90. This is very exciting as we're getting closer and closer to episode 100. I'm super excited. I I wonder what we should do or what we will do on episode 100. So that should be interesting. Yeah, that's something we'll have to talk about. I'm, I'm, I'm down to do something. Angie and I were scheming after our one-on-one <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we were, we were. I loved it. And I think we should definitely touch on that with John later. We'll have to ask him to come into our office and have a sit-down meeting, you know? <laughs> yes, definitely. We should connect um, about that over a video call later. <laughs> I I really do think we should record one of these episodes, like video somehow, however we need to do that, but we should do that. Anyways, side note, off track things. We are recording on Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. I am one of your lovely hosts, Angie, aka Stellar Smalls. We also have the awesome Chris. How are you doing? I'm great. Happy Mario Day, everyone. Apparently it is Mario Day. I had I needed clarification on what that actually means, and Chrissy did a great job with that, and I appreciate it. No problem. It's one of my many gifts is quickly disentangling abbreviations. <laughs> <laughs> It's your superpower. Yeah. Deciphering, <laughs> deciphering anagrams. Love that's it. The wrong, that's the wrong word. I can never think of the word for what this is, which makes my superpower suck because I can't explain it. <laughs> well, see, at least you know what you're talking about when it's necessary. How about that? What is it when you're abbreviating something and it spells a word? And it's also with letters and numbers. Oh, yeah. Well, not know. that. That's not it. I'm talking like, anyways, we're speaking of getting way off track. Take it away, Angie. <laughs> Last but not least, we have AJ. How's it going? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm good. I actually heard thunder a few times today. Ooh, this is pretty we, interesting. Uh, I wasn't expecting we, that. We were supposed to get a very big storm in Wisconsin, like in Madison, and it missed us and it only rained a little bit. So it is like 63 degrees and cloudy and muggy out. Yeah, it's weird and odd at this time to get this kind of weather. I think, but apparently there was a tornado warning, like south of where I am here in Minnesota, Dang. which is interesting. Didn't know that was happening. Anyways, this week on the pod, we we will be talking all about uh, Microsoft acquiring Bethesda, and Stadia possibly coming back to life, TMNT, and a particular developer that is hiring. So that's all interesting news. A big drop with Microsoft, anyway. So that's good. Let's get down with the lowdown. If you want to be a part of the conversation or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us on Twitter at MNGamersPodcast. If you do not use Twitter, you can send us an email to podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. And that is our website as well. Go check us out. Sign up for the newsletter, uh, Mostly Normal Monthly, at MNGamers.Substack.com. Back issues can be found there as well. Yay. Yeah, we just put one out this week. Ah, yes. You guys did a great... I I want to hear more about this Outriders situation, AJ. So that brings me into what we're playing. So you've been playing Outriders as of late, AJ? Yeah, I've been playing a couple games. Um, Outriders demo just came out a couple weeks ago. So I've been sinking a fair amount of time into that. In the demo, they let you play any of the classes, and you can play up to level 7. So you can play the game as much as you want, but it just is the same thing over and over again, and you can only get to level 7. So I've maxed out two different of the classes to level 7 so far and started my third. So 
you can tell I'm definitely like enjoying the game. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone back, you know, to, to try again with a different class. I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. The only thing that's really weird about it is that they made four different classes, but only three players can play at the same time. So I don't really know what that's all about. I feel yeah, like they should weird. have made it for yeah four player co-op instead of three, but um, maybe it was just too much. Um, I will say like the the demo itself runs perfectly on my PS5. Just the craziest stuff happens in that game. Like with when you're playing with two other people and like all the powers are going off, there's just so much happening on the screen. And so far it hasn't chugged like at all. Like the frame rate has been pretty solid throughout. Which I think is pretty impressive for like the launch of a live service game. Like of course, as every live service game ever does at the very beginning, uh, their servers were all crashing. So I actually couldn't play it like when it first downloaded, but um, I honestly haven't ran into a game that that hasn't happened. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I think... what other game is there where it's only a three player co-op? I mean, I think maybe division... two or four, but never three usually. Yeah, I Destiny. think Division 2. Oh, Destiny is three player, isn't it? Yeah, it's so yeah, weird. So three people. Yeah, so they're out there, but I, I just since there since there's four classes though, it makes no sense to me because there's yeah. only three classes in Destiny. <laughs> right. At least Part of at that I'm aware it, of. Though, as like a game mechanic of like you, every team you go up against is potentially going to like mix and match those classes differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually not even sure about PvP. I haven't looked into that, but um, when it comes to like building your squad i think you're right like you're gonna be like okay well we have a technomancer which is like a long distance healing class so we need at least one of these two up close ones and then the other one's kind of like you pick what you want right it makes like you know i think like one of the really important things about games is like making choices and you know Mm -hmm. i think that like adds a dynamic of i don't want to do like the math but like there's a way more number of different team builds that come out of that yeah for sure and then even with like just the weapons that you can equip because they have you know the rifles and the sniper rifles and your sidearms and shotguns and like smgs so they have all those too so i think potentially you could even like with what you have equipped like make your long range guy into more of a close range guy if need be for the situation you know also, the game is clearly influenced by, like, every other live service game that's out there. Like, I can clearly see Division in, like, the way that it's a cover shooter, and I can clearly see Anthem in the way that, like, the powers work off each other. Like, you can kind of freeze a guy and then shoot fire at him, which is, is very similar stuff like that in other games that I've played. Like, like, even all the way back to, like, Mass Effect 3, when you'd have the computer guys, you could, like, use the powers off each other that, like, made them better. So yeah, it's it's got every one of your favorite games built right into it. Like you can just like see the elements and pick them out. How does it feel? It's people can fly made it, right? They they I think are known for some pretty strong shooter mechanics. Is it fun? Does the you know, do the guns and powers pop off in yeah. great ways? Is there good the feedback? shooting the shooting is amazing, especially with the dual sense controller because it has that haptic feedback. So you know, when the bullets are coming out, it's like pushing your finger out, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. It actually, I might have to turn the vibration down when I play it, like, you know, for hours at a time, because it's constantly, like, because you're shooting nonstop, and it has that doom element where you only heal when you're killing enemies, 
So, like, if you're about to die, it's better to, like, rush up at him and kill him, you know? <laughs> so the gameplay never stops. It's really sweaty. Um, I think that's also part of the reason I like it, because with the PS5, there's, like, no loading screens, and it's just constant craziness. So it really, like, keeps you immersed. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I think I'm going to pick it up when it comes out on April 1st. Um, if you want to know more about it, we did mention, what, the 7th edition of Mostly Normal Monthly came out two days ago, so... Uh, my article's about Outriders, so if you want more details on it, you can go click, give that a click and, and read there. Is that is Outriders specifically for PlayStation? No, it's for every, uh, well, Xbox, PC, and PlayStation, and it has cross-play at launch, so. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so there's some cool okay. shit. So we can play this game together if we want. Um, well, I mean, it is a full-price game, so we'd have to buy it, but. Yeah, whichever, who cares, yeah. but that's cool, though. It sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I think you'd like it a lot because John was saying it reminded him a little bit of Gears of War. I've just never played Gears, so. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Doom, so, I mean, you hooked me right there. So I'm just. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. you would like this game because you like shooters, and yeah, I, Angie, this game seems right up your alley. Well, I mean, you said you're going to get sweaty, right? So. Yep. Yeah, here we go. Mm-hmm. And then oh. the other game I've been playing on my Switch is Persona 5 Strikers. So, Chris, I know that you're a big fan of that as a persona. Tell me me all about this. I'm going to be right back. Just my dog's getting into a basket or something. So (laughs) go check on it real quick. (laughs) Okay, so I'm not too far into it. So I can't, like, make an expert, you know, description yet. But it's awesome because, like, everybody from Persona 5 is in it. So, like, it has all the characters. Like, the whole gang's there. You go to the same, like, hangouts like that bridge between I don't even know what you call it like a skyway or something yeah and, the, and then in the yeah school. and then also the tea house or whatever the so, coffee shop yeah the coffee shop so you, have you can get your coffee and curry at LeBlanc. at LeBlanc. yep that sounds lovely I don't know if you go to school eventually or not but it still has that same feel like between fighting you know where you're talking on your phone and um, they have you walk around to do a couple little tasks, like at the beginning. I don't know how much there's going to be walking around the city, but I actually like that part, so I hope there's, you know, enough of it. Instead of palaces, um, I'm only on like the first one, but they they are called jails, and you access them through this like, I think it's called Emma app. It's like Siri. You're like, hey Emma, find the barbecue meat shop or whatever, <laughs> and then and then and then like whatever. So it's funny too because. Everyone's like, for some reason, all these children are like, I mean, I don't know if they're all children, some of them are in college, I think, but whatever, like, they're like all shocked and like uncomfortable using this like voice technology. And I'm like, why is this all weird to you guys? Like, you've had cell phones your whole lives. Like this, why is this like a strange concept to be able to like use a voice? So whatever, that's something that was weird to me that these teenagers are like, oh, a thing you can talk to in the phone? That's amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, <laughs> you, so you use Emma to like access the jails or whatever. And um, so like once you're in there, it's kind of similar to, you know, the palaces where you're like walking around in like the metaverse or whatever they call it. And the combat is pretty cool. Like if you want, you can kind of just like button mash, you know, X, I think it is. And that's like your sword attack. So um, just like in the like turn-based version, like if the enemies are weak, you can kind of just like use that and save your um, energy or whatever it's called. I don't remember all like the exact terms for like the mana bars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
but when you're playing, uh, there's a you can use your persona and stuff. So it's almost a combination of turn-based and like crazy slasher, uh, sort of like Final Fantasy, where if you hit R1, like everything pauses, and then you can choose your persona ability, and then like there's a circle, which is like the area that it'll damage, and then you can like move the circle onto the enemies that you want, and then click the thing, and then like the power goes off, and it's all like awesome. <laughs> Dang. So it's almost a combination. You can make it a lot more turn-based if you want with like pausing the the action. Is it satisfying like compared to other Musou games? I tend to stay away from them because I just like have memories of playing Dynasty Warriors on the PS2 or like mm-hmm. Dynasty Warriors Gundam on the Xbox 360 and even the Gundam one like didn't feel like it brought that much to the table in terms of like changing up that formula. This sounds like it's a little bit different, but like, is this a genre of game that you like tend to come to pretty regularly? Do you find the fun in it? This is not a game that I normally play. I'm, I'm normally not down for just like hacking, slashing endless enemies. Cause there's a lot of enemies and it sometimes feels like, like sometimes I'll I kind of I'll kind of zone out and then end up just kind of button mashing. So there's that aspect where it can get stale, but that's like kind of my fault because <laughs> the way I'm playing it. Um, but yeah, I think it's satisfying. I think people who enjoy these kinds of games are gonna love this game for sure. And I'm liking it so far just because of the persona. Like I don't think I'd play this game if it wasn't persona. I'll say that because I'm like invested into the universe and like the the story and I like like the characters and stuff, you know. I wouldn't have picked it up if it was just like some guy fighting with the group, you know. <laughs> this the Persona 5 Strikers game, I was just looking at like images and stuff and what you're talking about, it just made me think of um the anime that I I didn't watch it in full, but uh it's the anime is called Fairy Tale. Okay. And like you kind of choose what your powers are or like you're born in with it, I believe. But there, there's these like clubs or places you can go to like a guild where you can learn these powers or things that you either have or you can acquire them by like, I don't know how to really, I've only seen like a few episodes, but it was really good. But it just reminds me of that anime. And now I really want to play this game. I have a friend who loves fairy tale, the anime. I've okay. So you know what I'm talking it. about? Okay. But she just got a switch and I might mm-hmm. be like, Hey, yes. Have you heard of persona five? Yeah. <laughs> Looks awesome. So yeah, I guess so far so good. I'm enjoying it. Cool. Um, you can change your personas and stuff. You know, they, you wake up in that cell at one point and talk to like the creepy girl, you know, who's like, where you like sacrifice your personas, which is kind of dark. I forgot about yeah. that part. <laughs> Man, uh, I'm, I'm drawing blanks on all my persona lore because it's been like two weeks since I did a stream. <laughs> you are in the velvet room. Yeah. There you go. I got it. I got there. Uh, <laughs> well, that's I, I guess that's it for what I've been playing. So. Yeah, Chris, what have you been playing? Damn, y'all. I picked up like some sort of curse by beating Sekiro, and now the only thing Uh that gives me joy is playing Dark Souls. (laughs) Um, 
so what's what's giving you joy i mean that's good i was playing breath of the wild for weeks on end so there's that hey don't blame you at all for that as you know so i um kind of like felt a little bit lost after beating sekiro and like wasn't really being drawn into many of the games i was like thinking about playing Mm. and it crossed my mind like you know like it would be kind of cool to get the remastered version of Dark Souls because technically because of Xbox Live Gold, I like got Dark Souls 1 as a Games with Gold for the 360 way back in the day. It's like technically I already had it, but I was like, I've never paid for Dark Souls. Let's go explore the world of like how expensive it would be to get it on Xbox, Mm -hmm. which led me down a rabbit hole. (laughs) Did you know that in 2019 they released a dark souls trilogy collection that has dark souls remastered and dark souls two and three and all of their dlc no that's pretty sweet sounds like a lot of content what was the cost for that i was digging around on the internet after i found out that this existed on accident and (laughs) it's like not for sale anywhere right it's like sold out everywhere which of course means that the amazon price listing is like multiple hundreds of dollars so the u.s version of this game with like an esrb rating in the corner right is i think like 200 dollars at amazon when i was looking for it and i was like you know what i can buy all three of these games individually for less than that i'm good how is that not a digital version of that bundle i don't know really actually i I didn't look that hard for it, but like Uh, I was Googling around places and like it, it's this weird experience of like when you're trying to look for a specific thing and you Google it on Best Buy and it doesn't pop up. You're like, what's going on? So then Amazon like recommends products to you, right? Yeah. Amazon recommended version of it was for $45. And I was like, why is there such a huge price difference here? And so I was like looking at the art for it. And it's the one that's rated Peggy 16. And y'all might be able to help me. Do you know like which one the NTSC one is versus like the European thing for like game local? I don't. So like, you know, like some games are region locked sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I almost got one that was not supposed to be for you. So it turns out after some research that the Xbox one and now the xbox series systems are not region locked at all and so for 45 dollars, which is five dollars more than i would have paid for dark souls remastered i got the (laughs) whole dark souls trilogy i got my first peggy 16 rated game do you want to know what it means yeah it's peggy 16 if there is erotic nudity or sexual intercourse without visible genitals There's definitely other (laughs) mindset for like violence, I thought. Well, I mean, this one it says, and then it says Peggy 18 is if there's explicit sexual activity in the game. This is just the first thing that came up when I searched Peggy 16. Oh my. (laughs) So, um, so I got the game for way less money and it runs fine on my Xbox. It's as if it's, I mean, it's literally the same thing. So it's not region locked. So I kind of got a bargain. I felt pretty good about it. And I am actually making progress in the game. I'm not relying on guides nearly as much as I was for Sekiro. And I, I like credit Sekiro for kind of like preparing me mentally for putting myself through it. But I don't know if I would say I'm having fun, but I'm having like fun in air quotes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> well, it had uh, to give you a little bit of joy to be able to get it at such a more decent price than $200. Well, not only that, but like the joy that I get from these games is like so deep. Like the satisfaction of making any amount of progress in one of these is like opening a pinata at a birthday party when you're eight, you know, <laughs> yeah. being the one who lands the hit on the pinata that bursts open the pinata. That's pretty exciting. Any amount of progress. And it's just been really great. The other game that I've been sticking with since last time is Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, a couple buddies decided they wanted to get into MMOs and we're kind of committing. We all bought the game and are going to pay subscription fees and stuff like that. Um, so <laughs> I'm like drastically under leveled compared to my two friends. One of them's like hit level 30 already and I'm still at 17 <laughs> um, because it's really hard for me to find time to sit and play that game when all I want to do is find the next bonfire in Dark Souls. Mm. Um but it's been really great to have a game to kind of like socialize with them in. And, you know, it's it's like crack for people who like Final Fantasy and like know those games and that world. And like you just get to like see all of these different monster types that you fought before. And people are riding on things that used to be summons and boss battles. And it just is like a pile of fan service. I just fought a boss fight where I had to fight a pirate and a couple of his lackeys who were trying to <laughs> destroy a ship that the pirate's son was refurbishing. I don't know, but um, it's good times. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, a very nice break from like the stress of dark souls is to like, just hit the numbers one and two on my keyboard over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can imagine that's a little bit different. Yeah. So that's what I've been playing. Angie, how about you? What you been playing? I've been uh, playing No Man's Sky a lot. I I got it just for fun. Just I was like, hey, sure, let's get it because I don't even know what it's about. And then I started playing it and I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, I love that game. I have it on PS, well, I guess technically PS5 now because there's like an upgraded PS5 version. Oh, they do? Sweet. Yeah. Did it, does it like make it, did the graphics upgrade or anything like that? A little bit. I mean, the game was already pretty remarkable, but yes. the frames is better. So that's oh, pretty dope. Yeah. Like the flying is really smooth. Like it used to chug a little bit sometimes when it was like, when you'd go into like impulse, I think it's called. Yep. Um, and yeah. I'm, not I'm noticing that, that too as I'm flying. Do you still have the first ship or have you? I do have the first ship. I did Same. find a second one and I am working on rebuilding it because it's just a shit show right now. Okay. But I also lost it, so I kind of have to figure out where I found it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that game's so big that it, and it takes forever kind of to, like, walk around. I think they have, like, mounts and vehicles that you can drive around in now, but I never made it that far. Well, yeah, I'm in the very, be like, I guess, very beginning with all the stuff I'm sure that you can do with this game. But, yeah, I had to figure out what planet I left that crashed plane on so I can <laughs> repair it um, and then end up, like, being able to fly that. But um, I visited a couple of space stations, which were really sweet. Oh, yeah, those are cool. Yeah, and, like, I'm, like, learning geck words, apparently, is what they ca are called, like, from mm -hmm. Knowledge Stones. And it's, it's so cool to be able to go into hyperspace and just... Yeah fly or light speed whichever it is but have you made like a like a home base yet i have like a one room home base that's on top of this giant 
I don't know what you call like a mountain that has a flat top. I think there's probably a fancy ge- geological word for it that I don't know right now. But, probably, uh, but I don't know that either. Um, yeah, I, I, have... I put my house on like a giant one of those so like nobody can climb up the walls on the sides. Oh, that's smart. Cause I, I just, I found a base and I stole it and called it mine nice. and I, um, I upgraded it. You know, so I have like a one room situation and then I have, I'm building like an upstairs situation and I have like my portable, um, refiner mm-hmm. and my computer and all that fun stuff. And I also made a base on another planet that was like, in my opinion, a whole lot better and had more fun animals until I started, like, I found a base. I was like, Oh, I'm going to make this one my own too. But it had like some weird alien creepy crap on the all over the place so i tried to like shoot at it with my mining gun and then some random alien started chasing after me and hurting like killing me or like oh they're spraying those, radiation was it those robot me. things I, no they weren't robotic they oh, were okay i don't think they were i don't know i started running away and i was like get the fuck out of here <laughs> I jumped in my plane and i just got out of dodge it was scary that's awesome yeah, yeah i have that same problem at my home base there's these like aggressive like dog-sized lizards, and they f- attack me when I get too close to them. It sucks. Oh, really? I had yeah. nothing Massive attack dog me. Lizards. Yeah. <laughs> dog lizards. And it's like they're on the whole planet. So when I'm walking around, they like bite me. It sucks. Did you but try yeah. to attack them before? No, they just—they're like their temperament is like angry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so weird because like I, um, I notice like if I shoot at them or do something you know, to them, they'll start attacking me. But otherwise they just like, if I get close, the things just like fly away or just walk away or mm-hmm. whatever. I, yeah. It's kind of nice. Most of them are nice, but these ones aren't. So maybe I should find <laughs> a new planet. <laughs> Pro- probably. I think your planet sucks. Um, no, the, I, I actually was mining once and I got a little too close to the edge, fell down in the hole. So I had to like mine out a different way. Oh no. <laughs> it was... <laughs> I was like, well, I thought I was stuck in there forever, but I ended up having to just, like, mine a different way out. Like, it did a huge U-shape out of there. You never think to make your mine hole have a a ramp until you're already in it. Yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, I'm just going to, like, walk around the edges and then just, you know, get whatever I need, copper or pyrite, whatever the crap is, and then I just fill in the damn hole. So that sucked. Yeah, that's a fun game, and it's really pretty to look at. Oh, my gosh, yeah. The... The animals or creatures, whatever you want to call them, are really interesting for one. But and then um, learn. I'm learning like new things I can use, like things I can use for my mining gun. I just got the bolt caster on there, so I can like shoot at stuff, which is pretty sweet. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm into it just because of the yeah. You're right. The way it looks and um, it's nice to like have. It's you're kind of like relearning your periodic table. It yeah, like has all the elements on there for you, and like they add new ones too, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> like alien elements. Exactly. So I just I thought it was really interesting game so far. So I'm just like I find myself waking up in the morning and pretty much just starting the game right away and just is playing that crossplay? I wonder. I know it's multiplayer because I played some with the, my Austrian friends, and they had they went all out. They had like the big freighters and everything. Actually, you know what? I think it is crossplay because I didn't mean to do multiplayer. Cause I ended up at the space station and, or the, uh, this anomaly actually, and there's I also and I started getting random requests of people asking me to join their team, and I was like, I'm just kind of exploring right now. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna play with you. But yeah, I haven't fully tried the multiplayer part of it before, so I wanted to try that out too and see how that goes. But I've been cool just exploring stuff. It's been fun. Cool beans. 
It does say that it is crossplay. Nice. I yeah, I assumed when I seen like the the like usually if there's other people playing that are like on PC or if they're on like Xbox or whatever, you can see like the, either the Xbox logo or you see like a mini keyboard and a mouse or something. But yeah, so let's get on to this news situation. Yay, let's do it. I, all over Twitter, I just like over flooded with news that Microsoft had acquired Bethesda. And that's really awesome. And when I was looking at this article, I didn't know that it's so it's it was an acquisition of actually ZeniMax Media, which I didn't know was a thing, but is a parent company of Bethesda. But it welcomes in eight development studios. So Bethesda, ID, ZeniMax, um, Online Studios, Arcane, uh, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, Alpha Dog, and Roadhouse Studios. So that's pretty awesome. That's a huge group. Yeah, to see so like, many. Yeah, where they all their creativity can come into play. And it's not like, and it sounds like Microsoft isn't really going to tell them what to do with, with their stuff. They're just kind of going to feature it. And there's going to be Xbox exclusive stuff. So that's kind of awesome. Yeah, I think this is good news for Microsoft fans. I haven't turned on my Xbox for some time, to be honest with you. So this is just going to, you know, give me a reason to play it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I think that, you know, people are going to complain on Twitter. Like, I already see them doing, like, oh, PlayStation made this bad by all their exclusives. So now Xbox has to do it. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, everyone chill out. Exclusives are going to happen. Just. I don't know, save up your money and get the console that you want to play the games on and, and hold your horses is what I say. <laughs> I agree. I mean, like there's there are uh, PlayStation exclusives that I really want to play, but I don't have a PlayStation, which I mean, mm -hmm. it sucks. But, you know, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and maybe just like when things open up more, just be like, hey, man, can I, uh, you know, come over and play on whatever, play your PlayStation. We can play some games or something because Heck, like, yeah. There's you can bring Rupert there. over there and then he can play with my dogs and oh, then we can play right, like, you know, with, some party games. Right. I think that'd be awesome to like, be able to do that. <laughs> and like, you know, and then I have an Xbox where there's obviously exclusive games that like I can share. You know what I mean? I don't mm -hmm. think it has to like, you don't have to whine about it, but you know, just play the, play on the console or get both. If you're really that, you know, be that hard felt about it, like, or you're yeah. going to shed a tear about it. Yeah. I think people really like. I feel like there's still this really entrenched like console war attitude that yeah. folks have mm -hmm. and like, some. people game things out like, oh, like, man, like Xbox just murdered them with this Bethesda acquisition. I'm so glad that these corporations merged and that these billionaires will become richer over time, um, Pwned. which is like a really interesting thing, I guess. But, uh, you know, a couple of takeaways that I had from this was. The speed at which um, now that it's been approved that they're already saying that by the end of this week, um, so probably by the time the podcast is out for people to listen to, um, <laughs> we can expect to see some some more Bethesda games joining Game Pass. Um, I would imagine eventually it'll lead to like the majority of their catalog, but who knows if right. they'll have that like be rotating or something like that. 
I know some streaming services have taken like a channel approach sometimes for like video streaming. So maybe there would be like a Bethesda channel on Xbox. Oh, yeah. Pass. That would be kind of cool. I think that'd be a good idea to have after this. Like, cause I mean, there's gonna be so an influx of so many games. So I think that'd yeah, be Yeah. Well, and you know, they'll be like highlighting them at the top of the page and like really promoting it. And oh, ooh, yeah. every well, Game Pass ad will have like Skyrim, Doom, and, uh, you know, Wolfenstein and Fallout just hammered down your eyeballs, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, it's hard for me as like an an Xbox owner and a person who primarily plays on Xbox not to see, you know, there's this big key art at the top of the, the press release, like thing that Phil Spencer published of just like the entire like Bethesda lineup on top of the Xbox character lineup. And that's cool. Like, you know, no offense to Xbox, but like not that many iconic franchises. I always kind of talk about them having like a holy trinity of Gears, Forza, and Halo. And then um, I feel like they've really struggled to make other things like land permanently, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's weird you're to me right. that they don't have Ori in this art, but that's fine. Yeah, well, I mean that one was so heartfelt that I wish they do have would have had that on there because that that game just tugged at my heartstrings for sure. Um, but with your trilogy, like you know, with the Halo and Gears thing, I mean, I think that it just takes. I think it's gonna take. I think there is something probably in the works, but I mean, to make a good franchise like that, it took a while. I mean, for them to do such things, and people are so engulfed in halo especially now that there's infinite coming out and um and gear still that maybe they just don't feel like another one has to come out but i feel like they i mean it'd be nice if one did come out as a longtime xbox player like it had gotten to the point where like pretty consistently like those are the three games that i always saw popping up at every e3 over and over again for xbox um and i think just like having more games in terms of like established franchises to kind of broaden that out without developing a brand new IP might benefit them in terms of like variety of things in their, in their kind of platform. Um, Man, my brain is not doing words, right? You know, (laughs) like just anyways, the other thing I want to point out is like, Part of me does hate this because it's consolidation in the industry and like, I don't want to like give them a free pass. I'm curious, like maybe a couple of Bethesda's recent swings and misses has put them in a position where like being acquired by Microsoft makes sense. Um, I know Fallout 76 wasn't particularly well received. I think it's like been improved over time, but like, I just am curious, like, you know, how they got to this decision other than how big the check is. And then the one last thing I want to do is kind of give a cool shout out. So um, Roundhouse Studios is actually based out of Madison. So now I guess I have a Bethesda slash Microsoft studio um, in my neighborhood, basically. Awesome. Which is kind of Tell cool. them you want a tour. I've actually been on a tour. They used to be Human Head Studios, um, but it sounds like in 2019, they shuttered Human Head and are now reopened as Roundhouse. Right on. Well, yeah, cool stuff. Speaking of cool stuff for Microsoft owners, 
Yeah, so looks like Andy Robinson Robinson Robinson? Yes. Over at videogameschronicle.com posted something. Um, so Xbox Console's new web browser can run Google Stadia. And that is interesting because didn't we just have a conversation on our humble podcast about Stadia going kaputs? Yeah, well, they closed their internal development studios, so that's right. always not good news for the longevity, at least. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, so now apparently, you I was reading this a little bit, so like the new browser, um, the Chromium browser. It's the Microsoft it Edge. Yes, Edge Chromium-powered browser. Yeah. So it, on the one, the Xbox One, the Xbox Series S, and the X consoles you can use this on but yeah so you can access um its library of games through there which is kind yeah. of interesting which i don't know why you'd want to do this unless you really want to play baldur's gate 3 i think that's an exclusive to stadia i think it's stadia and pc right now yeah okay so yeah i don't know why you'd want to do this but it's cool <laughs> so there is an update on the story that I have open and it says they can also stream Steam and Epic games to their <laughs> to the Xbox as well from PC. That's cool. Um and I think it says that it's um weirdly like supporting the GeForce Now from Nvidia, which I think is like the way that they're streaming the Steam and Epic games. So it just like makes it feel more like a PC, I guess. Mhm. I don't know. I just think it's like a cool, like it's one of those quirky, like cool kind of like weird tech stories that it's like, you know, are they going to find a way of patching this out? Or is it like, this is permanent. Like if you're going to have a web browser based streaming service, it runs on Xbox now. Yeah. That's cool. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> for people that I didn't, I never got Stadia or subscribe to it or whatever you needed to do with that situation but yeah. for people that do i mean they're probably like it's probably nice for them to have another another platform another area they can go to if need be yep the next story from game informer actually which is i mean i subscribe to game informer do you guys yeah i love game informer and they're yeah. based out of minnesota so makes oh, are they? i didn't know that I had no idea. <laughs> yeah they are that, i haven't subscribed in a while because I haven't been into a game stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason I still have my pro whatever. Also because I keep earning enough points to like be able to renew it without paying for it, you know? Nice. So yeah. there's that too. Otherwise I wouldn't have a GameStop pro membership or whatever they call it. Yeah. I mean it's uh, at what point is it worth it? You know, mm -hmm. if you're not gonna get enough points or whatever. But Marcus <laughs> Stewart wrote about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles returns to the arcade brawler so um shredder's revenge rises out of the ooze is the next game that's going to be popping up it looks like it looks so good I and also am... it's uh it made chris's game of the year streets of rage 4 so i was digging into it a little <laughs> bit and it's um dotemu published streets of rage 4 oh and then, okay um the tribute games are actually going to be the devs on it. Um, most recent game, I think, is this game, Mercenary Kings, which I'm not super familiar with. But, um, you know, frankly, like, just like looking at screenshots of this game, <laughs> it's 
taking me all the way back to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, this game makes me so happy. The trailer made me so happy. And it, it actually takes me back to going to Blockbuster. And I would get to pick out like one like Nintendo game because I had the NES. And I would, I would pick Ninja Turtles like half the time because I loved it so much. And my sister and I would just play Ninja Turtles together. <laughs> it was awesome. I like that they are keeping the 80s vibe in this situation because the the newer, like if you look at the newer cartoons of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's not great. Even some Yeah, of the they're newer, all like hardcore. <laughs> yeah, like some of the like cartoon movies even, it's just not good. So I like, I like the 80s style. This is awesome and it's bringing me back. It just makes me want that pizza so bad. Oh, yeah. TMNT makes pizza look so good and pizza's yeah. already so good, but just like it gets like the New York slice physics of it just like falling apart and like yeah. folding Melty. over because it can't support its own weight. And and when yeah. Michelangelo bites it, it like stretches out like two feet, you know? <laughs> I have never had a pizza like that before and I really want one so bad just because of that fact. Y'all, they kept, like, the OG theme song vibe going, Uh too. Oh, my God. It's Mm -hmm. super good. Yeah, all of this is just putting the nostalgia factor in for me, and I love it. Um, So I can't wait. I see Bebop. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Bebop and Rocksteady, I think, are in it. (laughs) Yes, they are, and they look old school, too. Like, they look just as disgusting and badass as they did before. I love it. Yeah. But it's gonna be coming out on PC and it doesn't say which consoles, if any. But um so that'll be interesting to see where and when and all that fun stuff. It looks like wait. there's four player co op too, which is yep. just perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And that is exciting for me. Um and I hope nobody I mean I think I would be Michelangelo because mm-hmm. I just nunchuck the shit out of somebody. <laughs> But, uh, no, I would really want to play a co-op, like, get, like, us four when it comes out. It, depending on where it comes out, we should definitely see if we can play that, because that'd be awesome. For sure. Agreed. Anyways. Cross-play to be determined, it's saying in the article, which I don't know if they're, like, saying that's what the devs and publisher said, or if they're just, it's not reported. Well, I'm wondering if that's because they don't know what, if it's going to be on any specified console, like if it's going to be both Xbox and PS5, or if it's just PS5 or just Xbox or whatever it is. I don't know. Or if any, I guess. We'll find out. Yeah, we, we will. We shall find out. Who knows at this point, but I'm sure more will come out at some point. But speaking of developers, we have the um, Naughty Dog. So it looks like at IGN.com, Jordan Olman reported Naughty Dog is going to be, is hiring, I guess, um, for economy designer, so a multiplayer designer, um, to build a game for built for longevity. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to see what kind of game will be coming out of that. And that, assuming, is going to be on PlayStation, right? Yeah, probably. I'm guessing that this is just going to be The Last of Us Part 2 multiplayer because they said that they were going to make a multiplayer like mode later on, like after the game came out or whatever. So After the second one came out? Yeah, so I think that's what this is probably about, but I could be completely wrong and it could be some all-new IP. Who knows? That'd be kind of cool because Naughty Dog is good at making games. 
Well, I mean, it says that they're looking for experienced uh, or candidates experienced in player psychology and narrative tone. So, I mean, multiplayer for sure, but I'm sure there's going to be some story, more story yeah. behind it, maybe. Good point. Who knows? An economy designer multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's talking about like microtransaction economy, hence the player psychology part? Or do you think it's talking about like in-game economy of like yeah designing out that kind of like mechanic how much things oh, honestly, cost. <laughs> it could be both who knows um I yeah mean, i imagine those things are probably pretty tightly intertwined if you think about it a little bit too well yeah and i guess it depending on the game that it is i mean last of us more than likely if it's gonna be like a multiplayer version of that like aj was talking about but i mean who knows it could be something else but i kind of hope it's just a whole new thing we've never heard about I'm ready I mean, for I'm like someone so to drop too. a new IP on me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and if, especially if they're hiring right now, like that would make me feel like the multiplayer component's pretty far off. If this is The Last of Us Part Two's multiplayer, so maybe Fair. it's another thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crossed. what it seems like it's gravitating toward, but I don't know. I mean, it's a what good world would you play a game as service game from Naughty Dog in? What kind of like, like to me? having not played that much of The Last of Us, I feel like a game as service where you're returning to that grim, gruesome, brutal world over and over again doesn't seem like somewhere where I want to keep returning. <laughs> and, I mean, Uncharted would be, like, a fun, a more fun environment for, like, having that in. But, like, if you could just, like, say, like, this is the way to pick what the next Naughty Dog game is, what kind of thing do you want to see them work on if you have, like, a blank check? I don't even know, man. I, I'm i looking at, like, just to re- remind myself, like, the games that they've made in the past, and they've made games, like, in every, you know, like, Crash Bandicoot, the Crash, Crash Team Racing, Drake's Fortune, you know. They could make any kind of game, it seems like, so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. What do you want? Jack and Dexter Games as Service. <laughs> calling it battle royale i don't know i think it would be really cool to see them explore maybe more like a science fiction kind of vibe yeah i I do feel like a lot of games as service games are kind of futuristic right now because like Mm -hmm. avengers feels kind of futuristic and then like i don't know i i'm never very excited for game as service games because i just don't spend that much time in them generally and like i feel like i'm never experiencing them the the right way Mm -hmm. but yeah i would love to see naughty dog like go futuristic go sci-fi and kind of maybe explore that space but angie what about you i'm not familiar with the studios in general just because i think most of them those games that came out are just on playstation and which i don't haven't Mm -hmm. played that often but Looking at their games, like AJ was talking about, I mean, it seems they're more of like the kid friendly and the the shooters slash adventure type of game. So yeah, I think if they could do a sci fi one, that'd be awesome. But I don't want them to try for it and then fail because that would just be bad. <laughs> so maybe I don't know. I I mean, if The Last of Us Two just came out. If they're going to stick with something dark and grim, then if that's their forte, then sure, do it. You know, stick with what you're good at, I guess. But if you're if you're going to try something else, maybe 
you know, it's nice to look, if they're looking for other people to join their team, then maybe seeing if somebody has other experience in a different type of game, if they're trying to look for or build something new so they can have that experience from somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. What about Naughty Dog does cyberpunk genre and then just like beats cyberpunk 2077? (laughs) Beats the, uh, the... 2077 multiplayer that is being worked yeah, yeah. on to, to market. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think since I'm still waiting on that patch before I revisit that game, like I do think that's a space that would be interesting to explore. And I think, you know, Naughty Dog has shown that they like try to tackle some pretty intense themes in their work, especially like what they've done in. The Last of Us games, but also I think like, you know, Uncharted 4 like digs into some sort of themes of like family and like legacy and things like that, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think it'd be really cool to see them take a crack at that, but I would want that to be single player if they're yeah. going to explore cyberpunk and like I want them to do like legit justice to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea if they went that if they went that route. I do like the promise though of like, it's a new next-gen playstation system right like doesn't that kind of free the, i feel like every generation has been like a chance for them to kind of refresh what their main franchise is i'm excited daddy dog is cool well i trust you guys because you guys have more experience in that area realm of games i guess than myself but we gotta get you somebody's old ps4 and like the uncharted collection and the last of us games and just like get you like locked in well i want to i'm i'm cool with that just because i have been hearing so much of this last of us game and apparently there's like a cult following or maybe it's like a huge cult following i don't know but people love it and i just want to know what it's about so i can just figure out if it if i mean i think it's good or if i think it's shit but i can't imagine you know it'd be a shit game but i don't know i mean it was game of the year or a lot of they won a lot of other awards apparently isn't that uh, like yeah last year yeah they won a bunch of stuff well good for them haven't played it yet but i assume it's good then if they won some stuff but speaking of more games it's as we were talking about earlier it's mario day is that right chris mario day get it because March 10th, M-A-R for March, and then 10 looks like I and O, so it's spelled right. Mario. Right, so in spirit of Mario Day, what is what is your guys' favorite Mario game? I mean, there's a lot of Mario games that have came out, though, so you can't really, it's hard to choose one, I would imagine, but if there was one that you maybe have played the most, or had the most joy from. Just because it's so fresh in my mind, this Bowser's Fury game is up there, because it has this cool mechanic where, like, Bowser randomly like comes and like shoots fire at you. So it like it's different than every Mario game that I've ever played. But if I'm gonna like straight up answer like favorite Mario game of all time, I I probably can't not say Mario three, just because not only is it like a really good game, but I also has like the best memories for me, like passing the the SNES controller back and forth, like with my friends, you know till the wee hours of the morning with like pop cans all over us, like trying to beat the game in one night. (laughs) Mm. Um, But yeah. um, So I think super Mario three is probably my, my favorite. That's a good choice too. That one is a really good choice. 
What about you, Chris? It's hard for me to pick because, like, talk about a character with just, like, home run level games most of the time. Right, yeah. I'm going to go a little bit more obscure and say that I think it's Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. Oh, wow. What? That's a real one. Yeah, that's like... If there was ever a game to be ported to Switch that I would buy immediately, it would be Paper Mario and Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. I think that game has, like, amazingly funny localization. Like, the characters are so fun. So, for people who don't know, the first two Paper Mario games were, like, turn-based RPGs where you could influence the turn-based combat by, like, timing a button press right or timing, like, a swing of the joystick at the right time and it would do a little bit more bonus damage and then you could time defensive block and like block out the majority of the enemy incoming damage Mm -hmm. and like for whatever reason these are like some of my favorite games ever period like full stop and at the time that it came out the art in paper mario the thousand year door may as well have been like they just put a a video feed of a paper diorama in front of you. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I love it so much. I could go on forever. <laughs> it's yeah. just the mostly normal question. So I'm going to cut myself off. What about <laughs> you, Angie? I have never played that game and I have spent many hours on the GameCube. And that one was not one of the games that I've played. And it, I'm just kicking myself right now if it's that good. So now I just, I really want to play it. So now I really want it to come to the switch. So I can play it. Yeah. I don't have my GameCube anymore. My mom stole it. Oh. She loves it too. She likes playing the GameCube. So my favorite Mario game. I don't know. I don't know, man. I uh, there's so many. I spent many hours with like Mario Brothers one and two or one, two, and three. So, mm-hmm. but I spent. A lot of hours also on Super Mario 64. So I'm going to say Super Mario 64. Yeah, that one. That's, a, that's a good that's choice. A good favorite. I don't hate that answer as a person who's like currently playing through it first. Yeah, and I just beat it not that long ago. <laughs> sort, oh, of the, sort of the first time. Sort of the first time? Like you kind of played it before and now you're going back to it? Or you never really played it and you're just, this is your first time? We all know Mario 64 is like not a game that anyone like hasn't played before. Like right. Everybody yeah. had the friend with the N64. If if you're of like a certain age, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so like I grew up with a buddy with an N64 before I had one who was like playing that game all the time, and I would pick up the controller and like fiddle around with it. But yeah, um, this is kind of my first time like other than the DS release of it. <laughs> with uh if everyone remembers they put mario 64 out on the ds as a launch title and had like a little thumb pad thing that you could put over your thumb to use the touch screen as the dual analog oh that's cool oh that is cool. it was I didn't real know bad yeah it sounds like so um they also added in a bunch of like a bunch of stuff so i only made it like so far into the ds version so this is yep. my first time like actually like trying to beat it how good does that Mario Golf game look coming out on Switch? That I think that looks so good. I we talked about this I think a little bit last time. Yeah, um, it looks awesome. I it does play look that. pretty awesome. They do like I've, the speed golf where you like all play at the same time and race to your ball, and they have like power ups to shoot at each other. I'm stoked for that. Speed golf looked super fun. Yeah, I hope that they put a full on RPG story mode in it like they did in the original 
Mario Golf. It, it looks like you could make your like your Wii or your me can be like the character and like you run through a story. So there's something in, like that in there. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know you could use your me character. The original Mario Golf for Game Boy Color was like straight up a, an RPG. It was sure. made by Camelot, the people who made um, Golden Sun. Sun. What's Golden cool. Sun? I've never heard of that, but well, it is a turn-based Japanese role-playing game for the Game Boy Advance, and there was oh. a DS version as well. Anyways, I could go on. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Well, that does it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining the podcast this week. Uh, Chris, can you let people know where they can follow along with everything you're up to? You can find me at VG Occasion with two C's. I don't know how to... Some people don't know how to spell occasion, which I realize. Um, that's on t- on Twitter.com. Um, but you can also find me on Twitch at that same name. Uh, my next Monday morning coughing stream will be this coming Monday. Yay. Um, we're going to jump back into Persona 4 Golden. Sweet. I hope people uh, definitely jump in on that because Monday morning coffee streams just seem like the best thing. Just wake up because Mondays are just the shit, you know, like just shit days usually. So like waking up with a good stream has to like start your Monday out nice, I would assume. AJ, tell people where, where uh, they can stalk you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at AJ underscore ID. That's E-I-D-E. Um, I do do some random streaming. Um, that's A-J-A-X-E at twitch.com. But I don't like have a schedule. I just like whenever I feel it, I just throw it up there. So <laughs> pay attention on Twitter and you'll maybe see it. <laughs> Well, that works for now. You don't, I mean, maybe later you can get a schedule all set up in there. For sure. Well, you can find me at Stellar Smalls on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Uh, we will catch you all on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Bye.